The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much suffering, came to him. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Father Sean Kilcolly, and I am the director of the Family Life Office in Lincoln. I live at Cathedral, and uh, for the next three weeks, I am your substitute priest while Father Holmes is on World Youth Day. So, so let's all keep him and all of the pilgrims that he's with in mind as they're traveling today. So, in probably normal fashion. Father was doing a lot of things at the last minute last night, so I think he got two hours of sleep. Um, this week, the readings all point to a certain theme, and uh, the theme that they point to isn't really one of my favorites. It's really hospitality or welcoming people. I think about my own travels when I'm on a plane. A lot of times when I fly, my goal is to get on the plane, get my neck pillow out of my bag, put it on, and pretend like I'm sleeping immediately so I don't have to talk to anybody. Somebody will come down and sit next to me, and I'm not the kind of person who says, Hi, how are you? Where are you from? What's your story? I really just want to go to sleep and not be bothered. And a lot of times that's because I'm really tired and that's like a good chance to get some rest. But sometimes I have to admit, if I'm being honest, I'm just not always that open to welcoming people in that circumstance on the plane. Today in the first reading from the book of Genesis, it tells this story of how Abraham... He's there doing his thing, sitting at the entrance of his tent. Three men come over, and he runs up to them to welcome them. He's sort of excited about welcoming them. And they come in, and he says, sit down. Let me make you comfortable. Let me find food for you to eat. Refresh yourself. Sit under that tree over there. And he sort of immediately incorporates them into his life. And these three men, traditionally, we say, represent God and his three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so in the spiritual sense, Abraham is welcoming God into his home. 
and he welcomes God into his home. And then one of these men says to him, is your wife here? I will surely return to you about this time next year and she will have a son. Which is an amazing statement to make to a man in his 90s. Because remember Abraham's story, right? He got called out of his home at a young age and he was traveling to this land that he knew not. And along the way, the Lord promises him, I will make you the father of many nations. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. And so Abraham knows God has promised this to him, maybe when he was in his 30s. And then he got into his 40s, no child, 50s, no child, 60s, no child, 70s, no child. And he's been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the Lord to make good on his promise. And then at a certain point, he and his wife got very frustrated and they decided to take matters into their own hands. And so Abraham had a child with his wife's servant, but that wasn't the child that God promised waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then these three men come, Abraham welcomes them in, and they say, Sarah will be with child this time next year. That the Lord will make your life fruitful. The Lord will be faithful to what he has promised you, even if it takes a very long time for him to respond to us or to answer our prayers. The gospel reading also has the same idea of welcoming the Lord into a home. And so Jesus goes to this village where Martha and Mary live, these two sisters, and he walks into their home. Martha immediately starts worrying about everything. Like, okay, is the, is the room clean? Are the dishes ready? Do I have enough? beverages for everyone? Do I have food for everyone? She's worried about all these many things and going around preoccupied with serving, kind of stressed out. And then there's her sister who's just sitting there staring at Jesus. That's it. Jesus walks in. Mary's like, wow, it's Jesus. She just stares at him. And so Martha starts to get angry at her because she won't help her. And Jesus says, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. There's need of only one thing. And the one thing is to keep our Lord in front of our eyes at all times. to keep our Lord in front of our eyes at all times, to be present to our Lord and let him be present to us at all times. When our Lord went to their home, he didn't go in order for Mary to be perfect for him or for Martha to be perfect for him. He simply went to be present to them. And his presence can transform their lives. You know, for us too, the question is, how good are we at welcoming the Lord into our home? Do we welcome the Lord into our home? Or do we come to Mass on Sunday because it's what we're supposed to do? Okay, I came to Mass on Sunday, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then we go home and we just worry about many things. 
about our work, about our family, about other problems? Or do we actively sort of go home, walk into our home and say, Jesus, you're welcome into the kitchen with me. Jesus, you're welcome to sit in the living room with me. Jesus, you're welcome into this conversation I'm having with my spouse or with my children right now. How actively do we welcome our Lord into our home? Now, admittedly, I have not always been very good at this, and I'm still working on it, because my own temptation as a priest would be, I get up, I say Mass in the morning, I go to my office, I get there about 8, I have a lot of paperwork I need to get done, I have a lot of people that I'm meeting with, I might be in my office until 10 p.m., I get home, I'm really tired, the people I live with, the other priests, they're all in bed already, and I'm feeling kind of like, oh, there's nobody around, and so I just watch television and kind of zone out watching television. That's my thing. It's my escape. It's how I get away from my life. And most often I get on my computer and I watch Netflix. And whatever's on Netflix. And then when a show ends, I like the person at commercial. I get all freaked out. Like, oh, I don't have any friends anymore. I need to find a new show. That's what I would do. And it was about two years ago I realized that our Lord wanted all of my day. He wanted to be involved in all of my day. He wanted to be involved in the work I did in my office. He also wanted to be involved in my day when I got home. And so I started going home and I would go into my room and I'd say, Jesus, you're welcome into my room with me. We're watching Netflix or something like that. Right? It sounds funny, but our Lord wants to be part of the entirety of our life. He wants us to be in union with him always, which means when you're working, when you're out in the fields, if you're a farmer, when you're having recreation, when you're spending time with friends, our Lord wants to be part of all of that. As Christians, we are called to live differently in the world. We've all chosen to live differently in the world. When you were baptized, you said, or your parents said for you, I reject Satan and all his works and all his empty promises. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And if we truly reject Satan and believe and trust in our Lord, then we're going to live differently. We're always going to live differently. Everything about our life is different. And the thing that makes it different is that we keep the Lord in front of us in everything that we do. Most profoundly, he's in front of us here in the tabernacle. Most profoundly, we encounter him when we receive him in the Eucharist, and his body becomes one with our body. And that is the source or the summit of everything that we do. But we do it so that we can take him with us out into the world. So that we can practice the presence of God, even in small ways, out in the world. So that we're constantly thinking about <coughs> Jesus as part of this moment right now. Our Lord is watching over me right now. Our Lord might be trying to teach me something right now. 
if we do welcome him into our lives, our lives will become more fruitful. Which means there'll be more joy, more peace, a lightness. Because he says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble in part. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. A lightness. Our Lord also wants to be involved in all of our pain. St. Paul talks about how he rejoices in his sufferings because in his flesh he's filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. That in his own suffering he finds himself to be part of Christ's body that is suffering. And so in the midst of his pain or his arguments or his loneliness or being persecuted, in the midst of the strife that exists within family life, in the midst of the difficulties that we have in our labor, our Lord wants to be part of all of that. To say, Jesus, I invite you to be part of my pain right now. Because if we allow him into those moments, then he can transform them as well. Our Lord wants all of our hearts. And he wants our whole hearts. He's invited us to be one with him and to be with him at all times. And so today let us pray that we will have the mindfulness to really invite our Lord into our homes, into our families, into our workplaces. That looking upon his face will change our own hearts. And that we will welcome him when we encounter him in the stranger or in our neighbors. Let us pray for the grace to live differently than the world lives. That we can be a light that shines burnly, that burns brightly in the darkness of the culture around us. <laughs>